Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the Desi Sportscast. And after a two-week break, we're back. Uh, they say a week in politics is a long time, but two weeks is even longer in Indian cricket. It's like an eternity, so lots to talk about. And uh, as you can probably see, we've got a few new things that we're trialling today to hopefully make um, the viewing uh, better and listening better, and we can get more interaction. So we're making an effort. And I can only make an effort if I have fantastic people on the show. And as you know, on the cricket show, we have the best. And who can I, um, you know, the man whose name is on the door and he allows us to come in every week and join him on the show. Prasant, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Hi, Bharat. I'm doing well. Uh, it's been a long time for sure. Two weeks without uh, talking cricket. It's been hard, but uh, thanks again for having me and uh, good to be here. No, it's fantastic to have you. And of course, um, we've got uh, Sheshwat with us. And Sheshwat, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Hi, I'm doing fine. How have you been? Yeah, really good. Um, I've had a couple of weekends away, which is the first time in every year. I don't want to say anything about my break because I know you guys are still in the midst of a lockdown <laughs> in both your states. And uh, so I don't want to um, say any more because, um, yeah, I had a fantastic break recharged um, and um, I'm hoping that uh, you guys get um, to get out a bit more. Um, I suppose we, we have to start um, in um, Karnataka, starting with you, Prasan. I think getting a little bit better. Yeah, it certainly is. I think uh, over the last few weeks, uh, we've seen a dip in numbers and uh, the state's also unlocked currently. Um, we were in full lockdown until uh, June 5th. Uh, since then, it's been a little bit better. and. Uh, with the number of cases dipping, I think it's only getting better gradually. So hopefully it stays the same and uh, we can enjoy some cricket on the ground and in the stadium instead of uh, on our TV screens. Okay. And um, how, how about you in Maharashtra and Nagpur? Uh, things are getting a little better. So over here as well, you have the lockdown restrictions that have been lifted. Uh, the vaccination drive is a lot more in sync as things stand because I have gotten vaccinated uh, with my oh, first brilliant. dose over the past couple of weeks since the last time we had the show. So things are looking a little up but then again everybody is a little skeptical about the third wave that is sort of impending. So fingers crossed and hopefully things can go back to being as normal as they can in this age. Yeah, and the vaccines have been the route out for us. Um, uh, the number of people, uh, cases is rising. I think it was about 9,000 um, in terms of um, a weekly trend. But uh, thankfully, hospitalizations are not increasing. And I think that's down to the vaccine. So um, a little bit of positive news from back home, which I'm really glad to hear. But we have to, um, I mean, in terms of, I said, you know, in politics, they say a week's a long time, two weeks in Indian cricket and not talking about it. Where do we start? But there's only one place. And we've had a few days to sort of calm down because I didn't want to see the Twitter messages and the articles the day after in uh, after the World Test Championship. Um, Prasanna, I have to start with you. And what are your thoughts? Firstly, on the team selection, let's start from the, the beginning. Going with two spinners on conditions that we knew weren't going to be favourable in an English summer. Yeah, I think, um, you know, in hindsight is a phrase that's uh, very famously used by a lot of experts and, and fans as well. And I think in hindsight, it's easy to say that, uh, you know, either of Jadeja or Ashwin could have been dropped. But 
uh, given their contribution in terms of an all-round perspective, I think both of them were undroppable. Uh, to some extent, maybe Jadeja because, you know, they had quite a few left-handers in the top six and obviously Ashwin was going to be a lot more effective than Jadeja. But having said that, I think uh, Jadeja didn't need to bowl because especially in the second innings, there wasn't uh, a lot of runs that uh, India had to sort of uh, get Jadeja in the game. Um, so, I think looking back, it's easy to say that, uh, you know, the squad wasn't selected properly or uh, to be very honest, I think New Zealand got their squad um, uh, fixed. Uh, I mean, they, they had their selection bang on. Uh, but that's the thing with Indian cricket, you know, you really can't drop Jadeja or Ashwin wherever you go. And uh, I think given the Regardless fact that… Regardless of conditions, uh, Prasant? Yeah, that, that's the only problem, I think. Unfortunately, they didn't read the conditions well enough and especially given the fact that rain was going to play a big factor. Uh, they could have probably dropped either of Jadeja or Ashwin. So, uh, I'd have probably gone uh, with uh, Shatul or sorry, Siraj in place of Jadeja. But uh, again, in hindsight, it's probably easy to say. Uh, Shashwat, your thoughts on the team selection? Uh, so, in hindsight, obviously, we can say that India perhaps got it a little wrong, especially uh, considering the kind of rain that the pitch received and the dampness that surrounded Southampton for the time the test match went on. But then again, I, I agree with Prasen because I don't think India ever thought about dropping either of Ashwin or Jadeja. Firstly, because they've done so well for India in the recent past. Not just with the ball, but also with the bat. If we, if we remember, Ashwin scored 100 against England in the home series. Jadeja was instrumental in the Boxing Day test that we won. And he also battled it out as much as he could before suffering an injury on that tour. So, apart from Jadeja's bowling, I think he was also selected for his batting. But then again, I feel that was some sort of a knee-jerk, not a knee-jerk reaction, but that is a kind of a chain reaction that has come about just because I don't think India is very confident in its five primary batsmen overseas at this point in time. So, they are always looking for someone lower down the order to also play the role of a lower order batter and just getting some crucial runs and once they decided to tread on that path, Ashwin and Jadeja were the best options that they had. A lot of people have said that Shardul Thakur could have done better or might have batted better but then again I think under any circumstances Jadeja is a much better all-rounded cricketer than Shardul Thakur. So, unless India wanted to replace Jadeja or Ashwin with Siraj which would then have again lengthened the tail, I don't think how else they could have gone. Yeah, I think Virat was listening to your comments about Shardul and that might have influenced him as well. So um, I'm going to leave that one there. But in terms of, um, I mean, another toss lost, which is a crucial toss, but we started well with uh, Gil and Rohit. And then the middle order, I mean, your thoughts on the first innings and the score. And uh, because, like I said, we played out the conditions early on, but then we just couldn't um, continue. Uh, with any sort of partnerships. Uh, so, yeah, so regarding this, uh, I had actually written an article just in the aftermath of the game where I talked about uh, India's intent or how Virat Kohli termed it in his press conference, lack of intent. So, the problem I have had with the first innings of India's performance was that we were a little passive and by passive, I don't mean that we wanted to go off, we needed to go out there and throw our bats at everything. I feel the kind of tempo that Shubman Gill and Rohit Sharma set at the start of the innings, that could have... They did not allow any loose balls to go away. 
whenever they could, they capitalized on the loose balls and that immediately put the pressure onto the Kiwi bowlers. But once Pujara came in, Pujara started to buckle down at one end. He got stuck at one end. And even though Kohli started off very well, so there is another anomaly that I would like to explain to a lot of people. A lot of people think that Kohli batted slowly in the first innings and that he did not necessarily showcase the intent that he wanted from other batters. But I feel that Kohli actually did what he was saying he wanted other batters to do in the press conferences also. Because I'll give, give you a perfect example. The fourth or the fifth ball that Virat Kohli faced of Trent Bolt. It was a half volley outside off stump and Virat Kohli got onto the front foot and drove it through extra cover. That is the kind of intent that Virat Kohli is talking about. So that the bowler knows that the next time he over pitches is going to go away for runs. What Pujara and then subsequently Rahane did and even Pant for a long spell in the first innings did was that they just went into the shell a little too much. And even though you can sort of argue that that is how Pujara plays, I don't think that technique is going to suit either Rajinkya Rahane or Rishabh Pant or let's say even Ravindra Jadeja. Because the time we started going into the into our shells, I think it became a lot easier for the New Zealand bowlers and then they just kept hitting those lines and lines and lines and on a surface that was on offer at the Hampshire Bowl, I think that was, we just became sitting ducks basically. And um, Prasant, um, I don't know, you, you probably saw the comments on Chateshwar and his batting in both innings. Do you think the um, on the back of what um, Shashwata said, do you think that was unfair criticism? Well, I think to be very honest, uh, you need to leave a cricketer to the style that he's comfortable with. Uh, you can't ask Pant to bat like Pujara and you can't ask Pujara to bat like Pant. Uh, I think, you know, both of them play very specific roles in the team. Uh, it, actually, to be very honest, I think you'd rather take Pujara batting out 200-300 balls and denting the new ball. Uh, and, you know, taking India to a place of safety where they can push for a draw rather than him going looking to be attacking and, uh, you know, uh, setting a target of sorts. So, I think it was it was slightly unfair. But I think the other problem with the Indy team basically is that we don't have the bowlers who can bat after Jareja and Ashwin. Uh, and that's primarily the reason why they couldn't fit in someone like Siraj. They probably wanted that batting from Jareja and Ashwin more than Jareja's bowling, I feel. So, I think Vikram Rathor needs to take some time off and get these bowlers to bat in the nets longer than the batsmen. Because if that happens, then that can certainly help India's cause in terms of picking the right players and if someone like Hardik Pandya comes back into the fold with this bowling, I think it will be very useful. But uh, I, I think overall, the squad selection was certainly something that was expected. Unfortunately, it didn't pay off with the way the batsmen threw their wickets away. But to be fair, if the top six can't get your runs, should we be relying on the bowlers? I think it's more to do with the fact that, you know, you're looking to play a fully balanced squad. If you look at New Zealand, I think, uh, in my opinion, this is probably the best 11 they've fielded in Test cricket history. Simply because uh, all of their batsmen, all of their bowlers can also chip in with uh, quite a few runs, and it's always useful if you have bowlers who can chip in with runs. Obviously, you know when you have an off day, exactly why the World Test Championship shouldn't be a one-match affair and it should be a three-match affair. Simply because you know if if one of your players, or in this case, you know so many of our players didn't really have a good time on the field, especially Bumrah with the ball. You know, obviously no one expected him to have such an off game, but it did happen, and eventually you need to have someone as backup. So. Uh, if you have bowlers who can also chip in or maybe stonewall their way 
uh, by giving uh, assistance to someone in the top order, then that certainly helps. So they obviously don't need to score uh, 50s or 100s, but if they can get you 20s, 30s, if they can play out 80 to 100 balls, I think it's certainly a plus that any team will take, especially with the way we saw how Jameson and uh, Tim Southie has done it a few times. So if that's an addition that a bowler can bring to the ta table, then that's definitely something that can work well for the team. Yeah, I'll I want to talk about the bowling, uh, but just going back to Prasanna's point about Pujara, you can't ask him to change the way he plays. But in this particular test match, Ashwat, do you think he was adding the pressure because of the slowness, extra slowness of his batting? I mean, we know runs were hard to get, but still, you needed to. So, so I've, I've, I've done a bit of uh, digging up. I Obviously, as Prasen would tell you, I have a certain fondness for stats and I have gotten a few through. So just give me the opportunity to read out those stats. So, I'm uh, talking about uh, Pujara's two impactful innings against Australia, the third and the fourth test, where he got 70-plus in both innings. So, even in those two knocks, he was very circumspect at the start. He wanted to buckle down, he wanted to tire out the Australian bowlers and then you, you, you capitalise on whatever opportunities that came his way. The difference between that innings and this innings was that Australia were only playing four primary bowlers in that game of which Nathan Lyon and Mitchell Stark were quite a way away from their best form. So, Pujara utilised that bit and just let me tell you exactly how many runs he scored of Nathan Lyon in those two tests. Just a minute. Yes, so Pujara scored uh, 82 runs of 190 ball, 195 balls against Nathan Lyon in those two tests alone. So, when we are talking about how Pujara... So Pujara aggregated about 200 runs in those games, of which 82 came off the spinner. With New Zealand not necessarily fielding a spinner, I never really understood when Pujara thought was his moment to actually score runs. That, that, is, that is one problem that I have. Similarly, about Ajinkya Rahane, uh, during the Boxing Day 100 that he scored, he was brilliant. He scored 100 and, 112 of 223 balls, if I am not wrong. Of those 42 runs came of 65 Mitchell Stark deliveries, who again was not at his best. But with New Ze all of all five of New Zealand's bowlers bowling to a good plan, bowling to their lines and lengths, again he got got stuck in a position where he didn't know where his next runs could come. And even though he got away to 49, then he just had the sudden urge to play a half-hearted stroke because. On most other occasions, he would have either pulled that one in front of square or behind square with conviction. But the fact that he went in with a half-hearted effort just shows that the cluttered mindset that all of the Indian batsmen were in. And perhaps that sort of permeated throughout the team. So, Although on most occasions, I would agree that Pujara has a specific role and Pant has a specific role. I still feel in these conditions, Pujara needs to at least rotate the strike and mm. put away the bad deliveries. Uh, uh, let's say three or four years ago, he was very good on the cut stroke. For the past two or three years, I haven't really seen him play the cut stroke apart from Indian conditions. That was one get away, get out of jail shot from him. Additionally, if there aren't any spinners, how does Pujara get his runs? That is the most important bit because if Pujara is just buckling down at one end and not scoring, and if all of a sudden he gets out, then the scoreboard has not moved anywhere. And suddenly the batsman coming in next has huge pressure on him because he also has to score and also has to tighten up. So I think that is something that the Indian team might want to look at. 
and in an ideal case scenario i would want our number 3 to be a little more dynamic mm-hmm. considering that he can effectively set up the game from that position but even with pujara i not mind him batting with the same kind of intent that he does in home test although the conditions obviously would differ but still in home test you can see him wanting to push the single wanted what you can see him dropping the ball into gap and then running i want to see a little bit more of that in the england series Yeah, and we will have to see if um, any lessons are going to be learned from the way Pujara batted, the other batsmen batted uh, in this series. Obviously, the conditions might be similar. We, we know what an England summer is going to be like, so it might not dry up before we start the Test series. And it is a big Test series as well um, against England coming up. But just sticking to the um, the World Test Championship, Prasan, I mean, at one stage in the first innings when New Zealand were batting, I thought we were going to take a lead. um into our second innings uh but it goes back to what you said earlier about the bowlers chipping in i suppose that uh, they really supported um um Kane Williamson and getting um across the line above our our score yeah i think it's very important that that happened because i mean even uh, we we did see that i mean even a 30 run lead that they got proved to be very important later on because if we did have like a 30 or 50 run uh, lead extra maybe if we set them a target of 180 190 that probably would have still been a little bit harder to get than the one uh, 130 odd that they eventually had to get so i think it is very important for bowlers also to be able to contribute i think ishan sharma has done that in the past he's been there he's he's sort of stonewalled his way so i think i think it is certainly important and india should really learn to get that culture into the team you know it, it now it's just going to say is that where we missed the fourth uh seema so yeah i didn't say where we missed the fourth seema because we didn't yeah, have that I, option and the lower order for middle uh, for new zealand came through yeah 100% i think because obviously jadeja wasn't as effective i think um, uh, i mean how much ever jadeja has done for the te- uh, for the team he certainly relies a lot more on spin than uh, ashwin does because ashwin has a lot of variations and he sort of um, you know gets the ball gets the ball to do things in the air that jadeja can't and as much as it hurts to say that you know jadeja probably uh, is a, is a more of a complete package but that doesn't mean that you know uh, he should be selected just for his batting which i think was the case here uh, especially in the world test championship so i think we certainly missed a fourth seamer uh, a fourth seamer could have probably you know made up for what bumra uh, couldn't do with the ball so i think uh, it it was certainly uh missing and there's a lot of lessons to be learned honestly from here uh, we're hearing that uh, the indian team is looking to play siraj in all matches in england we don't know how true it is but um, yeah i mean honestly i i don't really think uh, there's anything that can be done now about it uh, as you can see we've had a, a comment here from raj uh, sexarium we could not blame jadeja blame virat um we'll see um about that and we'll talk about that uh, but obviously feelings are very strong on virat and we'll talk about virat but i just want to um stick to uh, in terms of um, before i come to day 6 what did you think of that late addition to a rest day in terms of otherwise it would have been a shared uh, trophy no doubt shashwat i don't oh, pardon i couldn't get that what did you think of having a sixth day changing conditions i mean we didn't have that in any of the um world test championship matches prior to that uh, but they brought it in for the final now i'm glad that they put uh, such a provision into place for the final because you would not have wanted to be in a situation where 100 150 overs have been lost to rain and the 
match couldn't get a result because time there wasn't enough time on day five. So I think that provision was pretty good. And uh, reserve days as a provision have been in the ICC's mind uh, for quite a while. You you see the 2019 World Cup semi-final as well, where our game against New Zealand incidentally also went into a reserve day. So I think that provision isn't very wrong. It's just that uh, India weren't at their best against New Zealand and. Uh, against a side of New Zealand's quality, you can't really expect to get away, irrespective of whether you play for three days, four days, six days or ten days. But coming to that extra day, uh, Prasant, I did not see that we would lose at the start of the morning. I didn't think we would lose. I thought we'd be in a position where we'd be setting a challengeable total and putting the Kiwis under pressure. What went wrong? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, I mean, first of all, uh, I'm absolutely not against having a draw in a test match because, I mean, eventually if two two teams are good enough to play out a draw, I think it's fine. But for such a big, big match and obviously, uh, you know, considering that uh, the World Test Championship Mace or whatever that is, the award was at stake. I think it was only fair that we had a reserve day. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, there's nothing much that can be done, you know. Uh, we obviously didn't anticipate a loss, but... I think a lot of people did anticipate the fact that India might crumble, uh, considering that the New Zealand seamers were anyway hyped up a fair bit before the test started. And uh, the fact that they stuck to that four seamers plus Colin de Grandhome only played to that very script of the New Zealand uh, bowlers being able to bowl out the Indian team. Uh, but yeah, I mean, eventually it was all going to be a matter of how well they played the seamers. And like I said earlier, I think it, it, was, it all came down to the fact that they threw their wicket away. Uh, some of the shots that we we saw were pretty rash, you know, fishing outside off stump, uh, trying to go for the big shot, but then eventually falling. So I think a combination of multiple factors led to India crumbling off, and um, eventually a 130 plus target was never going to be enough. Uh, Sheshwat, your thoughts on the fi- final day and how we did crumble? And Bunt, um, we thought we we're gonna was going to play one of those innings that's going to be memorable, but uh, he he brought us a little bit back into the game, but uh, the rest of the batsmen um, just crumbled. Uh, so, if I, so I don't want to mince any words, but uh, our batting was pretty catastrophic on the final day. Because you just, lo- you just look at how we started off. Virat Kohli and Cheteshwar Pujara looked very, very tentative. Virat Kohli, I, I can't remember Virat playing that kind of a shot in the past two or three years across formats. Because Virat isn't the batsman who will just fish uh, outside off stump with his right hip in front of his left hip, hip completely opened up. That isn't Virat. That isn't how he plays. So, that was a huge surprise and that sort of set the tone for what was to follow. Again, Pujara's dismissal, he always his first instinct was to leave the ball and then play at it. And as fate would have it, he wanted to leave it and then he hung his bat and then got an outside edge. Ajinkya Rahane, well... He has grown a tendency to get out in weird ways. And that is another unfortunate uh, thing for India that we have him at number 5 and he has showcased so many different ways of getting out. That is one problem that I have with Ajinkya Rahane. But let us not uh, get into that. And as far as Pant is concerned, uh, I feel Pant, when he came out to bat, he had a couple of choices in front of him. He could either have tried to survive or he could have just tried to be a little more aggressive, come down the track, look for those reverse scoops, normal scoops, and just try to muddle with the bowler's lines and length. To an extent, that could have worked had Jadeja or Rahane been with him for a longer time because then these shots would have had more of an effect. But when Pant was isolated with the likes of Ashwin, 
these shots didn't have the desired impact because New Zealand knew that they just had to keep chipping away at that length. They weren't under pressure to change those lengths. So I personally don't have a problem with the kind of shots Rishabh Pant played. Neither, and I would say this on record, do I have a problem with the way he got out. Because that is how Rishabh Pant plays. And if he feels that attack is his best form of defence, we should give him the confidence to actually play that sort of game. And if we were to draw parallels, just a day ago, Colin de Grandhomme and Kyle Jamieson came out swinging their bats. At that point in time, New Zealand were what? 70 runs behind still. And somehow the kind of edges they got or one or two shots that they nailed that suddenly muddled with the Indian bowlers' lines and lengths. Because I remember Jadeja coming into bowl just after lunch. There were seven or eight overs remaining for the new ball to become due. And India were bowling with four or and even five fielders on the fence to Colin de Grandhomme. And that just, uh, though Colin de Grandhomme didn't score a lot of runs himself, but that slight shift in mindset just told India that uh, New Zealand were here to fight. And India handed the initiative to New Zealand saying that, yes, go ahead, you can control the game from control the game henceforth. So these little things I felt that Pant was trying to do on the final day as well. And had he gotten a little bit of support, had Jadeja not succumbed to Neil Wagner because that was probably the second last over that he was going to bowl in that spell, India would have veered to safety and we would have at least drawn the game. I just want to take a couple of um, um, comments and get your thoughts on this. And um, first one is from... Um, uh, Deepak Belani, Bumrah is a wicket-taking bowler. We have seen him choke at, in the start of a series, and that has become a pattern. Um, a bit harsh, in my opinion, uh, Prasan, or not? I think Shashrut would be better served to answer this because uh, he actually wrote an, an article on the exact same thing. I think Raj might have read that article, but yeah, he did write an article on uh, Bumrah choking at the start of every series and then coming back. So I think. Shash would be better served to answer this question. Shashwat, I think that's a little bit harsh. But obviously, you're going to share with me your thoughts from the article. I don't think it... Uh, so, obviously, calling anybody a choker is harsh. Mm. And I wouldn't go as far as saying that Jaspreet Bumrah is a choker. What I'll rather say is, Jaspreet Bumrah has a tendency to start off slow in series. In a series. So, if you want numbers, if you look at his ODI numbers, he averages 37 in the first match of a series which is 15 runs more than what his normal average is. In test cricket as well, his average as opposed to his usual average is higher in the first match of a test. And the economy rate and strike rate is also higher. So because of all the all format cricket that Jaspreet Bumrah plays, maybe he takes it, he finds it a little tougher to immediately adjust to the kinds of lines and lengths that he needs to bowl. Though that aberration is sort of answered in the T20 format, in T20 format, you as it is, have four overs to bowl. So it is much easier to get through four overs rather than bowl long spells and actually be in the game. So I feel that is something that India might want to look at. And uh, I and I think Harsha Bogle also tweeted this. By the time the game veered to its conclusion, Jaspreet Bumrah was perhaps looking as our most potent bowler, which again. Answers the answers the fact that probably Bumrah more than Shami and Ishan needs a little bit of teething period at the start of the series because I have no doubt that Bumrah is the best Indian bowler and perhaps is the best all-format bowler in the world as well. It is just funny that he he also has such an anomaly in his cupboard and it will be interesting to see if this continues or if this takes a turn for the better in the future. See for that for me that's a bit of a 
not contradiction, but you'd think that you'd need more than four overs to get into your rhythm. So that he can get into his rhythm quicker in T20, whereas in a test no, so, series. No, so the thing, so the thing with T20s is a lot of. Uh, so let's when we are talking about ODI cricket or Test cricket, you need to keep hitting one sort of length. With T20s, mm-hmm. you you if, uh, in uh, let's say he's bowling uh, at the death. Out of the six balls, he's not bowling all six balls at the same spot. He's bowling a couple of slower deliveries. The length of which could vary. So you he has he's trying different things, but that continuity, that consistency that you need, that doesn't come about, especially in the first game of the series. Because if you picture Bumrah with all his success, you'll imagine Bumrah as someone who is completely nagging away at a line and length, and then just gets a hint of movement both inwards and outwards that actually puts the bat, batsman in pressure. Under pressure, so I feel that is something that perhaps explains why he doesn't struggle so much in T20s in the first match of a series, but finds it a little tough to maintain that consistency or the continuity, whatever you'd want to call it in ODI cricket or Test cricket. I'm just looking at some of the con- comments, and uh, and I, I want to get a bit of a, a, a big picture from you guys in terms of uh, is the Indian team getting a lot of criticism on the back of one Test, uh, Prasan. Because I think that's unfair, personally. Hundred percent, I definitely agree. And uh, you know, I mean, the, it, it all stems from the fact that there are a lot of expectations from Indian cricket fans, and that that again leads leads us to the question of whether the WTC, such a big match, should it be actually extended into a series. And I mm. definitely think it should because Bumrah had an off day. I mean, I understand that he might start slow in a series. Um, you know, he probably didn't have the best of games, but he had an off day. And if your best bowler has an off day, that can't lose your test. It can't lose your World Test Championship. You're not going to play a World Cup across two years and finally play one match against Pakistan, where the top order gets blown away by Mohamed Amir. And then, you know, you're like, this Indian team is worth for nothing. You can't do that. So, I definitely think, you know, that we're being very critical of what happened. Uh, yes, I think the pressure got to the Indian team, uh, despite the fact that there are so many veterans in that team. Uh, they did play false shots, but let's not forget they didn't have match practice before uh, this World Test Championship. New Zealand obviously played matches against uh, England and came into this match, so they knew the conditions. They and knew they were what on a to high expect after that uh, England series. Sorry, and they were on a high after winning that England series. Absolutely, yeah, and and I think that I think all these factors certainly add up to uh, what happened on across those six days. Uh, I mean, five days probably the first day was fully washed off, but. Having said that, I think we're being very critical. Um, obviously, you know, people might play this down to saying that this, this could be reasons for India's failure. But I think when you're judging a match, if it's a World Cup final, you couldn't have played 10 group stage matches before that and said, you know, you're playing the final, you're getting no match practice before that, you're just going to be play, playing the IPL before. You know, go out there and do what you can. You can't do that. If two players, three players are having a bad day, and you can't lose a World Test Championship before that. So, because of that. So, I definitely don't think there's... Uh, a lot to be critical, yes. Batsman no, yeah. uh, played rash shots. Bumrah was having an off day, but it's not like they didn't put in an effort. So I, I think people are just being too critical. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Because even in all ICC tournaments, you know they're usually in one country. So yeah, you have a one-off final, but you've got time to get used to the conditions in that country, yeah. um, and uh, you know sort out um, teething problems, whereas this was like um, come and play in England, which is totally different to what it was before. 
Um, a lot of people have said it should have been in Dubai, which would have favoured in India maybe slightly. Um, so, yeah, I think we're being a li little bit critical here. And I just wanted to know if that was generally the feeling in India that we're being, uh, and the media, has it been overly critical, Shashwat, in your opinion? I'll give you an example, Shashwat, before, and I'll add another comment here. And, and I think, um, I don't know, Raja, but thank you for joining the show and taking part. Uh, but he's just added a comment saying, Pujara plus Rahane in a playing 11 equals India loss. Oh. So, <laughs> That's just an example. Coming back, uh, coming back to the uh, thing of being critical. So uh, personally, I felt that this was coming. And uh, because I, I obviously I don't, I have a lot of problems with the kind India sets up in overseas test matches, and I've been very vocal about it previously as well. Because I, the entire uh, indecision or the lack of conviction stems from the fact that we aren't confident enough in the five frontline batters that we are playing, and that is something that I feel we need to get more confident at. Because if you remember when Virat Kohli started off as captain. Both he and Ravi Shastri were very vocal that we needed to play with five out-and-out out out bowlers. Suddenly, all that planning has gone awry. We don't see that anymore. And now, instead, we are looking for bowlers who can bat to make up our five-bowler quota. So, I think there is a lot that has gone on behind the scenes that has not really been great for Indian cricket in terms of the kind of selections that, that we've come through with. And uh, I feel once we get a little more confidence in the five frontline batters that we are fielding, I think it will also give us the luxury of playing four out-and-out fast bowlers or five out-and-out bowlers whenever the opportunity comes by. Even so, though... Yeah. Who, who have you not got confidence in, in the top five? Rohit? Shubman? So, as, so as things stand, I feel that uh, even though Ajinkya Rahane ended up as our top run scorer in the WTC cycle, I don't really feel that he fills a lot of people with confidence at this point in time, especially in home conditions. I don't, I don't think he fills anyone with a lot of confidence in home conditions. Similarly, you're just hating. Though, that's all it is. <laughs> even the Shuman Gill has enjoyed enjoyed a good start at, uh, in Australia. He has also gone off the boil a little. But because we had hyped him up so much, we were sort of tempted to give him one chance. And I'm perfectly fine with that because he's a youngster. He'll only learn from this experience. Rohit Sharma, again, in overseas conditions, despite being looking very, very good and looking a lot better than he did in previous overseas tests, still has to go over that 35-40 run barrier. Even if you see in Australia, all of the innings that he played, he looked comfortable for 30-35 runs and then suddenly he got out. So when you have someone at the top of the order who's only making 35-40, then you have Pujara coming in and getting stuck in and not scoring a lot of runs. That suddenly puts a whole lot of pressure on Virat Kohli. And Virat Kohli over the past couple of years hasn't been at his best. But that is completely fine because all batters across the world, across generations have gone through that phase. There's absolutely zero problem with Virat Kohli, the batsman going through that phase because that is something that is completely natural. It is actually the responsibility of those around him to be a lot more proactive and to actually shoulder that kind of burden. But whenever Virat Kohli gets out in overseas stress, I don't think we have much of a chance. And that is, I think, a very crude indictment of a team that has long been considered to have one of the strongest batting lineups in the planet, on the planet. See, um, again, this goes back to um, 
just my opinion that we're reading too much into a one-off test. Um, if we just had that first test against England at home, just that one test, and just, you know, the, the criticism would have been unfair knowing what happened afterwards, you know, how we came back. And I think um, the batting lineup, uh, you know, when you look at it, it's pretty formidable. I mean, the conditions, I think, play a big part, obviously. Um, but, um, you know... Uh, so, yeah, so, so yeah, so I'll, I'll elaborate on this thing. So why I have a lot of problem with the current, current setup is because if you look at our last three series or let we we'll consider this as another series in proper swinging conditions or places where the ball seems regularly. You talk about South Africa, England, New Zealand and this World Test Championship final. We won a grand total of two games mm. out of five to seven, ten, eleven. Out of eleven matches, we won only two games. And we've lost all we've lost eight of them, drawn only one. So when we are talking about that, and if you look at all the corresponding averages, if you take the 2018 series in South Africa, Virat Kohli was simply brilliant. He was easily the best batsman on show. And that is considering that ABD Villiers, Hashim Amla, Fab Duplessis were also playing for South Africa. In their conditions, Virat Kohli was head and shoulders above the rest. But then again, he was the only batter who was performing. And the last test that we won, that was because of batting contributions from Bhuvneshwar Kumar. Lower down the order. And of course, the 49 that Ajinkya Rahane scored. But then again, if we are looking on someone like Bhuvneshwar Kumar to give us those crucial runs at the end, I think there is something amiss. Even in the previous series, when we travelled to England, you look at the one test that we won at Nottingham. I think Hardik Pandya won that game single-handedly for us with that one spell where he took five, four wickets, I think. And then he got the five a little later. And that is how the game turned. In the fifth test, we had a lot more intent. Rahul and Pant scored centuries. But then again, that seemed a one-off because of the kind of chances they took and the and the way they batted. You just don't get that sort of confidence. And the reason I've excluded Australia from this list is because over the past few years, I think we should not hide it anymore. Australia has been pretty good for batting. And apart from the extra bounce that is on offer, there isn't a lot of swing and seam unless it is a pink, pink ball test where they specifically leave grass on the wicket and the pink ball does a lot more. So I feel this result was also coming and with us embarking on a new cycle and facing prospective trips to South Africa, New Zealand, England again, I think there is a lot that needs to improve both with regards to the personnel and the kind of cricket that we go and play in these conditions. Prasan, thoughts? Because um, if we beat England in the Test Series um, and then go to South Africa, get a 1-0 win, uh, is everything rosy again? Because, you know, again, I, I think we're still a formidable test team. I think these batsmen are awesome. Uh, we've got incredible bench, bench strength. Um, do you discard one or two of these players? Yeah, I mean, to be very honest, I don't think we have too many backups uh, at this stage. Because if you look into the Indian domestic circuit, you can maybe find one or two batsmen who have been consistent over a period of time. And even there, probably... Uh, around the same age as Kohli, Pujara, Rahane and obviously age doesn't need to play a role but that said experience obviously plays a major factor and uh, players if you take them from the Ranji circuit you know those who have done well for a season and you throw them in New Zealand, England, Australia, South Africa they're not going to do well it's as simple as that so I think at this stage you need to back who you have because obviously they've got the experience and I have a feeling that they're going to do well in England uh, now that they know the, how the conditions will play 
and let's face it i mean obviously you're going to back pujara rahane kohli as long as you can uh, kl rahul is there on a vip trip i think uh, he just won a contest with the bcci and they just told him you know what you, you pack your bags come with us you're going to roam around in england um, you know probably go and do a couple of ad shoots and that's about it you're not going to play any cricket but i honestly felt he should have played the sri lanka series because he's anyway not not he was not going to play the world test championship final they had someone like hanuma vihari to play that exact same role that um, put uh, rahane was going to play in case rahane got injured uh, pujara had mayank agarwal as backup so i think kl rahul being there wasn't going to make uh, was didn't make sense to be but that said i think we have people in the team you know you can't look beyond these 15 20 people and say that someone else deserves a chance you know how much ever sheldon jackson's crying on social media saying he hasn't got a chance he hasn't proved his worth too much you know obviously if you hit bowlers out of the park you know in the ranji trophy like the way shivam dubey did to praveen tambe that's just going to get you an ipl contract and nothing more than that so i don't think we have too many options to be honest this is about the time that we get people in specific roles the bcci should look to nurture new talent and if you're picking talent from the ipl it doesn't make sense you know if you're picking avesh khan prasith krishna who haven't done much in the domestic circuit in terms of red ball cricket this is what's going to happen because if they go and play international cricket they're not going to do well because if pujara rahane pant kohli can't do well i don't see anyone else doing well to be honest well we'll see what the uh, selection is in the first test but just on the back of what you said and deepak just mentioned and i put the uh, comment up on the screen who would you have uh, replaced kl with or who would kl replace Russ? i mean uh, unfortunately no one can replace anyone because like i said there's there's no one else you can look to uh, you know you don't have too many replacements you can maybe just pick someone from the domestic circuit and say you know this guy is done well here but ultimately he's not going to get a chance to play maybe uh, for all the crime sheldon jackson's done on twitter they could have probably got him in, in the squad and said you know what we're going to we're going to give you a taste of what it is to be like in the dressing room but you're not going to play anyway because rahane and pujara are going to play uh, pant is going to play kohli is going to play so you know you're not left with any other chance so but i'm saying kl rahul could have been used for the sri lanka series simply because we have a t20 world cup in the horizon um obviously that's the format that he suited to so i feel he should have been given a go in the sri lanka series maybe he could have even let the side because shikhar dhawan isn't we we discussed that you know how shikhar dhawan shouldn't have been given the captaincy uh, he plays at firebrand crack firebrand type of cricket which won't probably suit his captaincy so i think kl rahul should have just made uh, you know that sri lanka squad played there and probably come and served his quarantine and then made the squad to england uh, simply because obviously he won't feature in the first test anyway so you might as well give him that uh, chance to sort of get used to the conditions maybe play a couple of sessions in the nets and then if needed he could have played in the uh, subsequent test but i feel the waste at kl rahul and he should have been in sri lanka instead well, well, well obviously he's he's here and he's going to um, be part of the uh, inter squad games and we'll see if he can make it into that uh, first test uh, contrary to what you think um, so we wait to see that but one thing that's already a couple of people have commented on it's something that happens every time um just two things for you shashwat uh, is the debate over rohit and kohli who should captain back on again after this one off loss and um you know we saw the contrast between uh, virat and kane williamson everything went right for kane you know pretty much the fielding you know the bowlers came through he played a brilliant innings but again are we reading too much into everything and starting that rohit kohli debate again well if you look at it uh, as far as test cricket is concerned i don't think we have any sort of successor to virat kohli in the current team 
because Rohit Sharma at this point in time is still finding his feet, has still a lot to prove in overseas conditions. Ajinkya Rahane, does he make the squad again and again? Is he a certainty as a batsman himself? The jury is still out on that. So, I don't think uh, the Kohli versus Rohit debate is especially uh, uh, prevalent or uh, is actually relevant to the test team at this point in time. As far as the limited overs captaincy is concerned, well, my thoughts have been echoed quite a many, quite a lot of times. So let's not get into that. But now that we are discussing Test cricket and how Virat Kohli somehow always fails to get his team over the line, current situations, I think I have a theory for it. I might be wrong. I might attract a lot of criticism and hate as well. But I'll still go ahead and put it out. You're not averse so I... to uh, controversy on this show, so go for <laughs> it. So. I feel Virat Kohli is a cricketer who likes to play on the front foot. He doesn't want to back down to anybody at any at any situation in the game and in any conditions. That is just how he's built and that is what has brought him so much success. So much so that he's perhaps the greatest Indian batsman that we have ever produced across formats. Yeah. But the thing with his captaincy is when pressure gets up and when the stakes are as high as let's say the 2019 World Cup semi-final or the World Test Championship final, you just sort of feel that he has a slight doubt as to whether he should continue playing in the same way because there has been a lot of chatter that you need to be a lot more tight in pressure situations, you need to be more compact and all, all of that sort. And when that slight flicker of doubt starts coming into his system, that is when he stops performing to the levels that he we all know he can. And that sort of permeates through the rest of the team as well. Because if you look at all our performances in these ICC finals, you look at the 2017 Champions Trophy or the 2019 World Cup semi-final or this one, you can sense that the team is a little undecided on where it wants to go with his batting. The team is a little indecisive. It lacks conviction, the kind of conviction that we have regularly shown in bilateral series. So that is why I feel Kohli as a pure batsman will be a lot more helpful for us because then he will be only responsible for his own batting and he has enough skill to overcome that flicker of doubt and still produce performances. But when that slight bit of indecisiveness actually flows through the rest of the team, that is when the rest of the team also starts feeling the pinch. And when they see someone like Kohli, who always wants to play on the front foot, be a little tentative, that is when the rest of the team also starts feeling more pressure than the occasion would usually bring. So that is one theory that I have. That is why I feel someone like Rohit or if you look at the past, someone like MS, what they did was they wanted their players to enjoy the occasion and just play the way that has gotten them to the finals. Obviously, Virat might still be saying it and the message might not have gotten relayed and we might we haven't seen the results yet. But still, when you're talking about finals, there is a reason why that is termed as a final because that is a point, that is the point of no return. Because at that moment, the fear of failure is at its highest and that is when you want your top quality players, your top quality leaders to actually lead your side through and uh, produce results because as much as we would want to say finals are defined by results and are defined by the captains who win it and the batsmen or the bowlers who help you win it unfortunately we have been accustomed to so much that coming second is not looked 
as as much of an achievement even though india was simply brilliant in the wtc cycle but i feel as long as that blot is not removed of virat kohli's record that he has not yet won a major trophy i think those questions will keep on coming and that is something that is simply unavoidable and just on the back of that there were some comments and then again i thought a bit harsh but they were just basing it on the back of um, what well, a couple of things um uh Shushwad said do you think we are chokers person have we become that south africa team i don't think so i mean uh, you know anyone who lead this side would uh, you know be very happy to uh, captain you know i mean look look at the players who we have we probably have the best 11 on the field in every single game that india uh, plays and that's the reason why the stadiums get filled because we have the best players in across the world and i think uh, to be honest if we are referring to the test format there's no one who can come close to what kohli has done especially you know i was uh, interestingly i was having a conversation with my cousins while watching the game and we were looking at potential captains once kohli uh, you know has to step down or someone asks him to step down and there's really no one you can look uh, look towards so pujara and rahane are as old as kohli is so you can't groom them for captaincy uh, shubman gill is very very early into his career and uh, he's not even cemented his spot in the side rohit sharma again is very uh, young in test cricket in terms of the years that he's played so there's really no one who can lead that side and virat kohli has done tremendous things for the test format uh, yes probably we were undone in new zealand we were undone in this world test championship but that doesn't mean that you know we don't have a good team again we had an off game unfortunately it was a world test championship i think if, if it was the first test of the five match series that is to come i don't think anyone would have been as critical as they are right now uh so i think the unfortunate part is uh, players had an off day and i don't think kohli did much wrong because he was the second highest run scorer in the first innings and of course even he threw his wicket away but that doesn't have to do with his captaincy at all i think he's he's someone who wears his heart on his sleeve and that's what's needed in test format you need to push your players to um you know want to win rather than draw matches and i think that's that's something that's been echoed very well by all the players in the side and not just him so i definitely think he's not a bad test captain in the limited overs format maybe there's some room for debate but definitely not in the test format yeah uh, and well we'll see that debate we could talk about virat uh, on a whole show just uh, on his captaincy that would be a, a long show indeed but uh, shashwat um, if there's one team i don't mind losing to and i don't feel bad to it is the kiwis i mean they must be everybody's <laughs> second favorite team and i really i'm really glad they won uh, they obviously deserved it but in terms of such a nation constantly getting to the latter stages of icc tournaments um they've got to a few finals but um amazing isn't it and they what a team as well oh uh, yeah so it is very uh, easy for us to actually forget where the this current uh, generation of new zealand new kiwi cricketers actually started off their journey with i i reckon it was 2013 or 2014 when they were bundled out for 45 by south africa in south africa brendan mccallum might have been the captain at that time and uh, this sort of process that has manifested and that has now led to this world test championship triumph actually started off with the 45 all out in south africa when vernon philander dale stain just wrecked havoc so for new zealand i think we always forget the journey that they have undertaken themselves to find themselves at such a situation where they are at the top of the world and if you look at it on pure balance i think new zealand is probably one of the best test teams in the world and that is only because of the additions of Kyle Jamieson and Devon Conway 
prior to that you could still have felt that new zealand are maybe a little light at the top of the order or they might not have as many options if the wicket is not aiding them but with kyle jamison they have a new avenue an avenue that they can trust and in devon conway they have someone who bats positively and who scores runs and who is the perfect foil for tom latham because at times when tom latham and tom blundell batted together they were two cricketers who had a similar mold both like to buckle down scoring was a little difficult and usually you had to rely on kane williamson and ross taylor to provide the impetus but with devon conway at the top i think they have one of the more well rounded batting units and we also very conveniently forget the kind of contributions that henry nichols has had in recent times i rate him very highly and for me is one of the more underrated cricketers across the planet so i feel that new zealand deserved this not just because they have been given that nice guy stat mm. just because they were perhaps the best team best best team in the world they that are but they're also nice awesome. guys yes and as simon dool put it sometimes nice guys come first but let us not get into that debate <laughs> nevertheless they have enough quality and they have deserved every bit of this victory uh prasant should new zealand get more test matches now yeah they absolutely should i think uh, they've shown the world what they can do and uh, like i said earlier i think in my opinion this is probably the best 11 they've got on the field in terms of an all-round outlook um i i think all players really played well uh, or rather stuck to the role that they were given um they have so many all-rounders in that side and um, if they were brave enough to drop someone like michel santner the leading spinner to play colin de grandholm uh, just for his hairstyle i think uh, they're a very very good team <laughs> Yeah, that is a, a hark back to the seventies. Uh, but fair play to him; he stands out in the cricket pitch. You can't miss him. Um, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, we we can talk about the West World Test. It's a one-off game, but we've we've spent just about fifty minutes talking about it. But um, I still think you know, getting to the final with the change in rules halfway through, the performances we had against Australia, coming back against England. I think we had a great World Test Championship in this series. It was a one-off game. I hope the ICC I agree with you guys. I think they need to make it into a uh, three-test series if they're going to have the final to be oh, just just clarifying, I am of I am in favor of actually having one final and not a series because I feel the dynamics of a final are very different and that is what actually tests players a lot more. and when we are talking about let's say an odi world cup final or a t20 world cup final there isn't a lot of time to come back here you have five days to come back so i feel that a one off game has certainly certainly has different dynamics yeah, and yeah. i'd i'd want the format to change a little earlier so if you if i were to have my way i would probably classify these teams into two groups based on their test rankings and then have those five teams play home and away against each other because that is because this format of some teams playing three series ho at home and playing just a single series away because that doesn't make a lot of sense even if you are just counting the percentage and not the absolute numbers because some teams are invincible at home as new zealand and india have proved but not that great away so if in a cycle these teams suddenly have four away series and just one home series then you won't see the best of these teams and that is something that should not be the case because australia prior to india coming down under they were pretty invincible at home so australia were guaranteed to win all their tests but away from home australia has not been great whether you talk about their traveling to south africa india england so 
I want all these teams to to be divided into groups and then play home and away against each other like it happens in the UEFA Champions League group stages. Mm-hmm. And then you pick out, let's say, four teams or two teams based on how elaborate you want to keep that process. Also, there's one thing that I have given a little bit of thought to, and I'd like to suggest that away victories have a little more weightage than home victories. Yeah. I know the UEFA has abolished the away goals rule just yesterday, yeah. but I feel this is something that could be a game changer because the victories that we had in Australia need to be rewarded a lot more than the victories that we had against Bangladesh and South Africa at home. As simple as that. No, you make a lot of good points there. You you can't say victory against South Africa on a dust bowl in Pune is as good as a victory against Australia at the Fortress Gabba. That just doesn't make any sense. So I think that is also something that we should look into. And then again, that will also prompt teams to be a lot more prepared when going away and not just prepare for their home games and then just play to their strength. So the overall quality will improve. No, I, I agree with quite a few points there. I mean, just looking at, um, I think this is the schedule for the next round. We've got New Zealand, Sri Lanka and Australia at home. So three wins. And then we're playing away to England, which is this autumn, South Africa and Bangladesh. So we should be in the final again in two years' time, uh, looking Ideally. at that schedule. Uh, but in terms of um, your thoughts on two groups, I think things will have to change between us and Pakistan. Um, for that to happen, because uh, I can't see us playing. Them. You can you can have you can have India and Pakistan in different groups, like they have for Russia yeah. and Ukrainian teams in the Champions League. That, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, a lot of good points, and uh, yeah, I think um, I, I was convinced about a three-test series. Prasant convinced me, but you've just made a few points there, what made me think a one-off test is uh, not the worst idea. Um, we have to now turn to uh, uh, a part of the show that we've uh, had in the past few weeks where Shashwat has absolutely, ra- well, has been excelling, but Prasant and your knowledge has been incredible as well. Uh, the scores in our quiz as we play round four are 2-1. It's a best of five, so Prasant, um, this is one um, a final for you. The next two games, hopefully, we'll go into the fifth one, is a final. Um, the one I have to um, say that uh, Shashrat had something to do with that one victory, uh, slightly uh, helping you. But uh, this, I mean, we're going to stick to the IPL, and uh, your knowledge has been incredible, both of you. And um, from what I've read, there's been 38 centurions in the IPL, and obviously the names will be the obvious ones will stand out, so we'll get through that list, but um. The quiz for this week is to go through the list of the 38 Centurions. We did that last time, didn't we? We didn't do Centurions. We did uh, top balls. No, we've done we've done Centurions. We did centurions that is well. how the Murli Vijay thing happened. Did we, did we do the Centurions? Yes, yes, yes. we did, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we hadn't. Have I, have I, have I not uh, checked this? And um, have I missed... Um, Prasan will know the week, a couple of weeks I've had, uh, you shouldn't go on holiday really because it just puts you out of uh, uh, strength um, memory, but I did not think we did uh, Centurions, but uh, you're going to prove me wrong. That's, by how, that's how I got Murli Vijay's runs in, uh, in the IPL. Murli Vijay was the last name to be out and uh, that's how we came to his total aggregate in the IPL. Oh my goodness. I have to then apologise to both of you because I, I saw some of the names on this one and I thought, I'm pretty sure we've not done this. I need to keep a record <laughs> of this. 
So if it's all right with you, we are going to press. I'm going to give Prasan one more week. Then next week I will have one uh, that we can go back to because I'm prepared. Anything I've prepared this one, and obviously I've done it twice. So well, this is what happens. You should never take any time off. And um, uh, this. So what we'll do instead is I just want to put some questions for you on the back of some some comments, and I'll share it individually. Um, this one's for you, uh, Shashwat from Sanjit. Change the team, bring in the young youngsters who have the younger uh, hunger to win, like in the Gabba. Your thoughts on the uh, question from Sanjit, comment. Uh, so I'm not uh, really sure about the youngsters bit, but one person that I want in the Indian test scheme of things is Shreyas Iyer. <laughs> and I have been very vocal about it and I, I am going to be vocal about it today as well. So, Shreyas Iyer has a pretty decent average in first-class cricket. If I'm not wrong, he averages 52 or 53. And he has shown that he has the capability to last in international cricket. And Shreyas Iyer initially broke onto the scene for Mumbai scoring tons of runs. And now that we are looking for a more slightly, if we want to tread the path of having a more dynamic option at number 3 or number 5, I'd want India to visit uh, Shreyas Iyer as an option because I don't want to think too far ahead also but he is not a bad captaincy option in the future as well so I'd rather want him playing all formats for India and he certainly has the talent to do so as far as the youngsters question is concerned we have alarmingly gotten into a situation where we don't have a lot of red ball bench strength in as far as batting is concerned because the Ranji trophy has not ha happened for the better part of the past couple of seasons and even this time around, the reserve batters that we are carrying, the likes of Abhimanyu Iswaran, he had a splendid season in 2018-2019. 2019-2020, he was pretty ordinary. But he's still gotten into the team based on his 2018-19 performances. So, that is that sort of highlights the kind of, the lack of bench strength that we have as far as batting in red ball cricket is concerned. And I think the lack of Ranji Trophy has had a lot to do with it. Plus the fact that IPL performances appeal to us a lot more. And the fact that uh, there haven't been a lot of red ball A2s to these Sena countries, as you, as you would want to call it. So as far as youngsters are concerned, if there are youngsters that are good enough to get into the side instantly, I'm all in for it. But then again, you'll have to see how those youngsters fit into the side. And as far as now that we are talking about youngsters, I'd not mind Shubman Gil batting in the middle order moving forward as well. And I'd want to utilize Mayank Agarwal at the top of the order because Shubman Gil is a gifted stroke maker. He could be very similar to perform a role very similar to what VVS Lakshman did for a lot of years for us. He, he and Pant at numbers 5 and 6 can actually take the game away from the opposition in, a, in the blink of an eye. So, I think if we are actually looking for youngsters, we should look for top order batsmen. But unfortunately, we don't have a lot in our cupboard right now so we might be better off going towards a few cricketers who have consistently played white ball international cricket and see if they can fit into our test plan brilliant sanjit i hope you're happy with that answer one for you uh Prasan, for a couple of series can we let virat get back to his natural game and let rohit lead uh, if he means in a test format, then absolutely not. Because uh, like I said earlier, Rohit is uh, still finding his feet in the test format. I think uh, he hasn't scored as heavily and converted his starts. And uh, I think that would be something he'd want to do. And I mean, Kohli's been there for such a long time. He's taken India to the top of the rankings for so many years. 
rather he's kept india in that position and i think uh, he should absolutely continue and not go anywhere as for his game i think um, that will certainly come with the character that he is he's he's someone who's never going to uh, you know give up a fight i think uh, he's always looking to be a better version of himself uh, on the field and with the bat as well um, he always keeps charging up the players on the field so i think that character is something that's needed in the test format as for the limited overs i have a feeling that um, despite all the debate that's going on uh, bcci will never be happy with letting go of kohli simply for the pr game um, obviously kohli is such a big commodity for indian cricket right now and um, he's done no harm i mean obviously a couple of selections a couple of um, uh, ambiguous bowling selections or bowling changes if i may uh, have come about but i think uh the indian team is very very strong it's just unfortunately the performances haven't uh, come together and that's been a major reason for the uh lack of icc tournaments or icc trophies if you can put it that way so i feel for the t20 world cup we certainly have a very very good chance um, obviously all the names we talk about come from the ipl and not from the ranji trophy so i have a feeling we're going to go in with a very strong squad and um, given the fact that we'll play the ipl before that which is in the uae the t20 world cup also was announced uh, it will happen in the uae so i think players will be well accustomed to the conditions and uh, we'll certainly go into that tournament as favorites brilliant um... uh, and if, if i can add something on those lines so when we are talking about virat kohli i think captaincy has helped virat kohli's batting i think it is very important that we don't forget it because the purple patch years that virat kohli had let's say from the end of 2014 to the start of 2018 or even the end of 2018 that was all when he was captain of the side so virat kohli certainly raises his performance when he is the captain of the team but the question that we now need to answer is what about the other 10 cricketers that take the field is his captaincy optimally utilizing the talent that the other 10 people have because he certainly can optimize his own talent when he is captain so i think that is the call that the indian selection committee has to make and as things stand i don't i don't think because of a lack of options and because he has been very relatively impressive in the test format i don't think that should really be a consideration at this point in time but yes because in the limited overs we have a feasible option in rohit i think that could be a conversation that even though the bcci might not be ready to have now i think we should be having yeah absolutely Uh, I love this comment from Deepak Kane Williamson. It's so humble. He can end world poverty with the correct resources. Um, everybody loves the Kiwis, apart from, and I'll probably come to one of you two because I don't know what this is referring to. We love New Zealand, but MS Donny Ronout will never be forgiven. Since <laughs> Martin Duffy hasn't played too many games since then, has he? He's been a part <laughs> of a lot of uh, franchises, but he's never uh, really got too much game time. Can anybody explain that to me? the 2019 world cup semi final he ran out dhoni uh, in the semi final of the 2019 world cup so right that was the heartbreak that uh, that no one can ever forget uh, uh, maybe if dhoni wasn't run out we might not be having this virat kohli captaincy conversation all together <laughs> <laughs> raj uh, says you three are amazing i think that's referring to you two more than me but thank you for that comment raj really appreciate it um And this is this is why Rahane is so uh, you know not spoken about in the same light as Kohli because Kohli gets all the all the credit but Rahane is the man uh, who really led the team to a win without Kohli there and you are probably the Rahane here. Oh my goodness! If you're comparing me to Rahane, I don't know how to take that at the moment. <laughs> only in terms of his captaincy in Australia, nothing else. <laughs> Deepak, I, I have uh, no comments on that. <laughs> Deepak says we can bring in Lord Rahul Tewatia. 
No. That's Absolutely. It. Th- it should be quick... anywhere close to Indian team. And uh, I think Raj knows you well as well, uh, Shashwat. Uh, Lord uh, Shardul should be in the uh, test team. Uh, but just on a serious point, we did miss uh, Hardik, didn't we? Yep, we definitely did. I think that that's what we were referring to. I mean, I think if Hardik Pandya was uh, fully fit, they would have actually benched Jadeja. Um, you know, simply because obviously Hardik can uh, bat as much as Jadeja does can or even better, you know. Uh, and obviously, he was going to be that fourth seeming option. So, I think, to be very honest, Hardik Pandya is the closest answer we have to playing in overseas conditions. Uh, as far as... As early as he gets fit, uh, both bowling and batting, I think he'll be a very, very vital addition to the side. And uh, we'll even bat until seven and have an extra bowler. So, I think Pandya is certainly the answer to all of our issues right now. Yeah, brilliant. Also, if, if I can add something, uh, I think another person that we dearly missed was Bhuneshwar Kumar. Yes. Unfortunately, fitness has meant that he hasn't been in the test scheme of things for quite a while. But if he can get fit and if he can bowl long overs as is required in Test cricket, I think he provides us with an with a novel option because I don't think there is anyone in India to rival the kind of skill set that he brings to the fore. And as other people would say, he can also bat. So I think he ticks all the boxes as long as he's fit. Plus, now that we are on the topic of Hardik Pandya, I would be very very interested if India actually plays trust in Vijay Shankar again. And see if he can do something extraordinary in the red ball format. Because I was just uh, going through his records and he has a batting average of 44.84. Which is not very bad considering that he has played 45 first class games. That is a pretty decent average. I've seen a lot of other Indian all-rounders or batsmen getting into the team with a much lower average. The problem though is perhaps his bowling. He has not been bowling a lot in first class cricket. And uh, he has a pretty high average as well. But I would not be completely averse to not testing him out, especially after we threw him into the deep end in the World Cup for no reason. I feel that the red ball format is where he is more suited to because he's a much more technically accomplished batsman than, say, someone like a Hardik Pandya. And if the only question then remains is if he can bowl as effectively as Hardik Pandya. So that is something that. He might want to concentrate on in the years to come and I would not want India to completely cast away him as an option because if Hardik Pandya is not bowling as has been the case over the past couple of years, we suddenly seem to have no options and that is not a great situation to be in, especially in a country like India where we have a billion people. If we can't find one half decent replacement for Hardik Pandya, the all-rounder package. So, I think we should start investing and I think we should also... Keep aside the temptation that Hardik Pandya will ever be fit to bowl in Test cricket again. I think we should also look at other decent options. If he's fit enough to bowl and if he can perform his duties as an all-rounder, then well and good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, although that, that when you when you said um, we've got a billion people, why can't we find one person? Uh, we're struggling in some sports to find uh, uh, eleven. Uh, but uh, uh, that, let's not go there. Yeah, let's not go there. There's a there's a lot of. Uh, that is often quoted, but I don't agree with that one billion comment. Um, but uh, no, it, listen, we've had uh, two down to me. We've had two weeks off, but um, it's been amazing to catch up with you guys, and uh, we've um, extended the quiz because of my um, uh, holiday mood. I wasn't uh, getting it right, so apologies for people expecting a 
a victory or a comeback today. You'll have to wait another <laughs> week before we find out uh, what uh, happens in the quiz. And um, but um, most, hope... most people have already gotten accustomed to delays, especially <laughs> after the past week. So I don't well, think this would be as much. I've had to a reserve day, so we're going to uh, <laughs> save it till next Saturday. And we're allowed these last-minute changes, but a lot of things are happening, in, including getting used to this new system, which uh, we're going to continue with. I think it worked. Hopefully, the viewers and listeners will find it better experience. And from the comments, I think um, they did. So really appreciate the questions. Please uh, join us again next week for the cricket show. We've got the football show tomorrow, and then we've got a show around the Olympics over that uh, month or so as well coming up. So I'm looking forward to that. But for today, uh, Prasan Shardul, I can't thank you enough, as always, for your time and contribution. It's been amazing. Really good speaking to both of you. And hopefully this new experience was a little bit better than uh, Zoom calls. Yeah, yeah. It, it was fantastic. Uh, thanks a lot for having us again. Pleasure to be part of the show. See Absolutely. you again next week. Brilliant. Thank you, guys. You take care and stay safe.